Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Take a pause from your to-do list with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. When a doctor standing there in a starch white lab coat with some big degree on the wall tells you, it's really programming your, your body because the mind is the body's information pathway, the body's control tower. And you and I know um, that your belief, whatever you believe, literally becomes your biology. I'm Dr. Oz, and this is the Dr. Oz Podcast. Naomi Judd, thank you for joining us today. I love you. I love <laughs> you for who you are, and I love you for what you're doing for America. Well, you're very kind. For, uh, there's, for the- there's so much information out there. And anybody, I mean, I have a little bit of an edge because I'm a former RN, but we're absolutely overwhelmed, and you are sort of the go-to guy. Well, you're very kind, Naomi. I, I must say, when we when we first met on the show, I was struck by your passion and your insight in, into what illness is and, and how it can change you. I, I must say, I I remember when we were doing the interview talking about uh, how down and out you are uh, at a certain point in your life and how you actually were able to get everything back together again with your great daughters and pull up. But for the very few of you out there who don't know a lot about Naomi Judd, let me just give you the, the quick briefly, you know, besides being a TV host and a best-selling author, she's a five-time Grammy award-winning singer, uh, she's as, as well as songwriter. She's a humanitarian, and she really is, we're going to talk about that today, a wonderful motivational speaker, and she's a survivor. And it's that survivor element that gives her so much authority when we speak uh, to, to, the, to the different health challenges that all of us face in our lives. In Naomi's case, it was hepatitis C. Uh, Naomi, t- take us back to, to your hepatitis and, and, and how you sort of figure out what it was and, and cope with the illness itself. It's a very mysterious disease. Um, let me lead off by acknowledging, I love to be able to say this. This is why I salute programs like yours. But I was a nurse here in, um, 
I'm coming to you from my little uh, valley in Leapersport, Tennessee. Um, I'm here, and I'm also in the land of Oz at the same time. <laughs> but I was a nurse. <laughs> I actually had this noble romantic fantasy of becoming an MD. Um, in my pocket of the world, Appalachia, I'm from Ashland, Kentucky, until Winona exhibited this extraordinary talent, and I took a detour into singing. So I've always had this yearning to be part of the healing process. But when I worked as a nurse, I uh, primarily worked in ICU. I see you. And 85, <laughs> you never funny. thought of that? No, you know, I'd say all these years, I have never thought about that. That's right, intensive <gasps> care unit, ICU. I love that. Well, I'm a wordmeister. <laughs> I see the whole world in signs and symbols and archetypal language. Um, I kind of live in the invisible world a lot of the time, I guess, because I'm a spiritual person. I don't use the word religious, mm-hmm. but um, basically I think we're spiritual beings living out of human experience. But when I worked as a nurse in the hospital, and we now have something like 85,000 uh, health care workers, nurses every year, they get stuck. Um, but anyway, it's a very has if you guys have seen ER or anything about the trauma base, it's a very hazardous place. You get bodily fluids of all sorts. You get stuck. Um, so I was one of those. And I, I only say that because in most cases with hep C, you don't know the etiology. You don't know the origin of the disease. I never did IV drugs. I'm pretty old-fashioned. Um, the girl Sam's the square I can't roll out of bed. I was one of those people that didn't, you know, I've never, I think, technically been drunk. I love my margaritas, but I mean, so I'm not one of these um, real at-risk people. So I got hep C probably, well, I don't know, but I was diagnosed with non-A, non-B, non-C in 1990. Juanona and I were at the top of our game. Um, thanks to the dear fans, we were just rocking and rolling out there in life's highways, and bam. You know, change is the true nature of the world, and that's one of the things that illness does to us. It just stops us dead and flips our world upside down. So, you're, you're, as you said, you're cruising along, uh, you're singing, everyone loves you, 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 find, you find that you've got hepatitis. So then what happened in your life then? I start, you know, I've, I've been outrageously healthy my whole thinking life. I've never, I mean, I was like an 18-year-old cheerleader. I never had anything. I had boundless energies. Frankly, you have to because you're waking up in a different city, a different subculture in America every day. And we're performing thousands of sold-out concerts every night. And it just takes an inordinate amount of energy because I am a sponge, too. Not only writing the songs, uh, traveling, doing the concerts, all the PR and, and media. But maybe every night there would be so many people who, um, and for me it's really about the exquisite reality of meeting people. I mean, tripping out on six Grammys and doing all the TV specials and all that just is a hoot. But I know there's nothing different or special about me. I've always felt like service is the work of the soul. And I've always felt like whatever I was doing, it was just a chance for me to expand. So having said that, here I am in my glory, having had a rough life, poverty, raised the kids on welfare, survived domestic violence, put myself through college to get my RN degree while I was raising the kids, thank you very much. And then all of a sudden, 
You know, it just stops my show. So I really had to understand that it's not what happens to us. It's what we choose to do with it. When I was diagnosed, they were saying non-A, non-B, non-C, because back then we didn't have a diagnosis of hepatitis C. We know that A is um, fecal oral contamination, restaurant workers, whatever, not washing your hands, you're on the couch six weeks, you get up, you're okay. B, much more serious. B is bloodborne. Um, it's like 10 times more infectious than AIDS, the actual virus is. And B can lead to liver cancer and other serious problems. Yeah, Naomi, I should point out, um, by the way, we're with Naomi Judd. Her new book, Naomi's Guide to Aging Gratefully, is what we're going to talk about uh, for the rest of the show. But uh, Naomi points out that hepatitis B is a, is a more infectious agent than, than AIDS. When you guys are out there and worried about getting blood transfusions, for example, during surgery, it's not the AIDS virus that we worry about. That's a one and a half a million odds that's going to happen. But hepatitis caused by one of the viruses can occur in up to one in a hundred cases. That's a much bigger problem for us and folks who have a risk of getting blood than anything else. I'm sorry, Naomi, go ahead. Well, let's stop there and acknowledge what the uh, causative factors are for hep B and, and hep C as well. Anytime we say the word blood-borne, why don't you speak into that? What is blood-borne? So these are bodily fluids that, that have blood in them, and most obviously your own blood. So if you give someone a blood transfusion or if you stick a needle in you and then somebody else, whether it's a healthcare worker who does it by mistake or a drug abuser who's sharing needles... These are the reasons, by the way, that, that folks get really concerned uh, about drug addicts and how to l- limit the intravenous contamination that occurs with these folks. There are other bodily fluids as well that can contaminate you, uh, sexual activity, uh, and, and frankly, biting somebody sometimes can transmit a virus that's in your bloodstream to somebody else. Well, also getting a tattoo, um, I'm going to go ahead and say this because um, we were talking on a cell phone. She knew it wasn't a landline, and I think... Okay, but Pamela Anderson, the Pamela Anderson, who got hep C, called me, and um, uh, her first husband, Tommy Lee, uh, they shared tattoo needles on their honeymoon. How romantic is that? And he had hep C. So anyway, you can get it if you share any kind, like a razor, if you happen to have, um, even a toothbrush, if you happen to have an open gum, a bleeding gum, any sort of open... Um, certainly if you get an organ transplant, if you, um, but hepatitis B is incredibly um, dangerous. Thank God we now have a series of vaccines. It's a series of three, so you can get that. Certainly if you're a healthcare worker, please, please. But then hep C, and it's always interesting to me how we come upon this stuff, the VA hospital is a great um, way to diagnose illnesses because these guys have their permanent records all in one file for years and years, and we really get a lot of information from our veterans. It's like the good news, bad news. But they started noticing in the 80s that these veterans had this very deadly, mysterious virus. And again, hepatitis just means ITIS on the end of means inflammation of, like bronchitis, tonsillitis, appendicitis. Hepa means liver. So they were having this hideous virus of their liver, and it wasn't A and it wasn't B. Hepatitis C finally diagnosed. Right. We used to call it non A, non B, just to show you, you know, sometimes we're sort of limited in coming up with names. It was. Well, that's what they said for me in 1990. And dig this, and this really talks about how all of us fall through the cracks. 
I mean, I'm on the cover of People Magazine and Rolling Stone, and these doctors kept misdiagnosing me. They just said non-A, non-B, non-C. And in 1990, well, 1991, I'm going to go ahead and say, they finally came out with an inclusive test for hep C. They gave it to me, but I didn't have it, when in hmm. fact I did. Hmm. So, Naomi, you make a great point about celebrities and how they're treated. I must say, whenever I have friends, I tell them never get VIP care. Because when you get VIP care, people start doing things for you and to you that they normally don't do. So that changes the norm. And guess what? The norm often works pretty well. So, for example, if the chairman of the department is doing a blood draw on you, they don't normally draw blood. So you're not going to get the best job done that you could get done because usually it's a technician that does that. and They do it pretty darn well. And uh, I must say, I'm reminded of one very moving event in my life. I was about to operate on a physician. I take care of a lot of doctors. And this was a, a young orthopedic surgeon who needed uh, a valve change in his heart. And as I was walking in, uh, you know, uh, around his table as he was going to sleep, I said, okay, doctor so-and-so, uh, I'll, uh, I'll see you in a couple hours after the case. And he looked over to me just before they put the mask in his face. It was like, this is like out of a TV movie. And he said, it's Mr. So-and-so to you. And uh, it was very clear. He didn't want to be different. He knew, as I do, and I think you appreciate as well, since you're in the healthcare field, you don't want to be different when you go to the hospital. You want to get the average care as long as the people who are giving average care are pretty good at it. And that's a lesson, I think, for all of us to keep in mind. More questions after the break. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Take a pause from your to-do list with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Naomi, so you're, you're top of your career. You're, you know, you're winning all these Emmys. Uh, everyone's putting you on their covers. 
Uh, you have, uh, you're getting honored by, uh, actually, you have been honored as one of the 40 greatest women in country music, so everyone sort of knows who you are, and you're struggling with a very difficult diagnosis with the organ, the liver. That's our ultimate detoxifying organ. I mean, there's a reason why it's the foundation of, of Ayurvedic and, and traditional Chinese medicine. You know, it's just so important in cleansing the body, and it's inflamed and toxic itself. So how do you get your life together? The first thing you do is spend time alone. Um, I was, well, I had to because I was, I was in a fetal position in a dark room. I was a very <laughs> sick little girl. Um, but I think the first thing anybody listening to the sound of our voices right now needs to do is to spend some time alone and realize that if a doctor gives you a very deadly diagnosis, you really have to appreciate this is another human being, and they probably are putting a medical hex and a curse on you. So many of us um, listen to doctors as if they're demigods. And when this doctor, and I'm not going to say the name of the institution, but it's sort of the Rolls Royce here in America, when he told me I had less than three years to live, it was a sticky wicket because all of a sudden I'm the patient in the wheelchair <clears throat> instead of the nurse. It's my little hillbilly butt sticking out of that hospital gown. And I am so vulnerable. I don't know where I am. I can barely finish sentences because, as you said, the liver detoxifies. It's the ultimate filter. We call it the factory. I was so poisoned by my own body. I was flipped out because I was going to lose my career. I known and I had contracts for a year of concert. I felt like I was the CEO of a big corporation. If I didn't sing, the people didn't eat. We had like 80 people. In our or It was hideous. Everything right. that could go wrong. So what, what, what was Winona thinking through this? The, were, were you telling them about your illness and, and the high risks that it uh, was creating for you? Interestingly, when I was uh, starting to be um, symptomatic, I took her to the doctor because she has severe asthma. This is a, a problem for a singer, believe me. We were getting ready to go on tour. I know all the doctors here because I used to work with them at the hospital before I started singing, so I take her to our allergist and... Um, while I was there, I know the nurses, because like I said, they were my, my partners on the team at the hospital, and I pulled one aside and I said, you know, do a liver panel on me. I'm tired. Um, I'm kind of achy. I have a low-grade fever, a chronic headache. I am just not myself. Well, we went back to adjust one of his asthma medications. This is a good um, example of how nurses and doctors <clears throat> don't take care of themselves. So we go back for Winona stuff, and the Dr. Miller pulls me in the other room, and in front of Winona says, kiddo, your ALTAST are through the roof. There's something wrong with your liver. You're the sick puppy. So Winona was actually right there beside me when he said, you've got to cancel your winter tour. Forget about it. You're not going to be able to put on pantyhose, let alone jump off an hour and a half on stage. And Winona started descending into clinical depression. I had to go to a psychiatrist for the first time in my life, um, actually it was a psychologist, and told my husband in front of a psychologist because I didn't know how to do it alone. We found a Christian therapist here in Franklin to tell Ashley and everybody in the family. Because huh. he said I was going to die. He said I was going to take a six-foot dirt nap. And I just remember <laughs> um, when, when a doctor standing there in a starch white lab coat with some big degree on the wall tells you it's really programming your, your body because the mind is the body's information pathway. It's the body's control tower. And you and I know, um, 
that your belief, whatever you believe, literally becomes your biology. So I just want to caution people. There are so many intelligent, um, educated folks uh, who don't understand the power the mind has. So your body literally will manifest, will, will make real whatever you believe. And if you've got a doctor telling you that you're going to die or this is going to happen, I just want to caution people. Get out of the bleachers and get into the game and realize nobody can do that to you. It does become a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I, the first thing I had to do was step away from that, start becoming a detective. One thing, by the way, Naomi, I've, I've heard you quoted as saying that a dead end is just a place to turn around. Yep. which I think is a pretty good way of looking at it. Whenever you get a diagnosis, it's investigating alternative approaches, getting second opinions, which only 10% of us get, but a third of the time it, t- it changes the diagnosis or the treatment. These are all no-brainers for all of you out there listening, and especially if you've got a diagnosis that, that your folks taking care of you aren't sure about. It doesn't mean they're not good docs and aren't doing their best, but the reality is we're all humans, and we've got limitations in our ability to make diagnoses, and it's worth getting more folks thinking about your well-being. Well, the first time I discovered cover of Life Magazine. What was that, 10 years ago? Probably, or longer? yeah, probably, yeah. It was back when I was still suffering, and I remember somebody actually brought it to me, and there was this gorgeous doctor who rode his bicycle to work every day at a hospital <laughs> in New York City who talked to his doctors and, more importantly, listened to, I mean, his patients, listened to his patients, practiced, um, um, the art of, I don't know that it was Reiki, but some sort of... Uh, energy medicine, right. Energy medicine, yes. And I was so yeah. right in the, the thrall of investigating the power of the spirit and the mind over the body. And in my huge heap of um, study material was your issue in Life magazine. And I thought, my God in heaven, there's a doctor. Not only all of us patients out here are trying to figure out how we can save our lives and participate and find a partner in the healing journey, because that's what it is. It's a partnership. And I just really latched onto you, and I remember looking at your pictures, and you were happily married, you had kids, and I, I was like a fan. Well, you're so kind. Cause... And then we meet, because we're speaking together later on at a, a symposium on integrative medicine, and I meet your wife, and then I see the, the show on TV, and it is called Second Opinion. I get a second opinion from my vet. <laughs> it's that important. Right. It's so true. <laughs> well, but the other thing that I love about you, uh, Naomi, is that you're, you're you, you, as you said earlier, you're, you're a wordmeister. You, you think about common problems in uncommon ways, which is a, 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 a talent that is so endearing and, and so useful, which is one of the reasons it's, it's a great honor to have you on the show. Um, but, but, but even when your family, I mean, I, you guys, you know, it's been said you sang like angels and fought like the devil, but you, oh. loved, right? but you loved each other, right? Through the struggle, you actually triumphed in part because the family pulled together and you knew how to get folks uh, who could, could have gone apart, right? Through the, the, the chronic illness that besets you, but instead got the family to grow together. I mean, how does a mother do that? How do you, how do you get people to be winners by fighting back the way you're uh, uh, arguing for that they should? Well, the bottom line is, um, and I actually preached my first sermon this past Sunday. I had a girlfriend who was ordained, installed as the first female pastor of the Madison Avenue Baptist Church in New York City. And that's what I talked about, that the deepest source of your identity, the deepest source of 
is the God of our understanding. I'm going with a, a girlfriend to AA meeting. Whatever your belief is, a higher power, all that, you have to appreciate that it's not what happens to you. It's what you choose to do with it. And we're all here to grow in love and wisdom. And when, every time I get smacked in the face, I realize the deepest source of my identity is God. And I try to teach or show, not speak, because what you are speaks louder. But I tried to every day to show Winona and Ashley, um, even if we were eating beans and cornbread, bologna and crackers and sleeping in one bed and had no heat and all that stuff of life, it's not what matters. It's your spirit. It's what you choose to. And I had them be insatiably curious from the minute they could understand. So it's really about just opening up your eyes and your heart and saying, okay, now we've got a family issue. What are we going to do? Can we, are we going to implode? Uh, nope. We're going to all realize the bottom line is we have separate realities. It's totally I love so to say shift happened, and a major shift in our family happened, I'm going to say 15 years ago. Because you think everybody in your family thinks alike, and you've all had the same experiences, because you share it, you're from the same gene pool, you live under the same roof. Nope. What, what was the event 15 years ago? Oh, Ashley appeared nude in a movie. That's the first time I've said that. But she played Marilyn Monroe on an HBO special. Uh, She and Mira Savino played uh, Marilyn Monroe, the before and the after. She was the before. She was the uh, Norma Jean Baker before Marilyn Monroe became a celebrity. Mm -hmm. And Ashley was living at home. She sat us down at the supper table. And she said, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you guys. Uh, I did a nude scene in a movie when my husband, you know, spit his iced tea through his nose, <laughs> pushed back away from the table, and Winona just sort of walked around on the back porch for a minute and came back in. And I thought, okay, we are all three in the entertainment world. It never had occurred to me, and I know that sounds bizarre, but we're such normal people. Mm-hmm. Um, it had never really hit me that we've got to develop boundaries for instance, I can't talk about Ashley's marriage or Winona's problems in public without them giving me permission. Of course, of course. But, but, I, have, I have emotional incontinence. I have diarrhea <laughs> of the mouth. <laughs> I will I'm, tell you anything. I'm going to use that emotional incontinence. <laughs> well, speaking about uh, <laughs> dealing with the emotions, uh, you mentioned shift happens. And uh, that's part of the, the, the theme of the first chapter of your great book, Naomi's Guide to Aging Gracefully. Or gratefully, I, I apologize. It is gracefully as well, by the way, and we do talk about that later. And these are the facts, myths, and good news for the boomers. So uh, talk to me a little bit about the birth of a notion, the, the first chapter in the book. Well, I get really ticked off. Again, um, I just feel like the average person's representative out there in the world. And I've had this exquisite privilege uh, doing stuff that ordinary folks just read about through the media. And I know all the tricks of the trade. And I know movie stars because of Ashley's being in, in movies. I know, of course, the royalty of country music, and I travel in all 50 states. So over the years, I've been so dismayed by our culture's preoccupation with youth and beauty. And it doesn't make people happy. And that's what bothers me is that well, let me ask you, you're the, you're the big guy. What do you think is the number one cause of unhappiness 
And I will say that Americans are the most depressed and unhappy in history. My girlfriends and guy friends who are psychiatrists, behavioral therapies, therapists have taught me that Americans are more depressed and unhappy than ever. But see, for me, Naomi, happiness has always been about gratitude. Because when you're grateful about the things in your life, whether it's having the bologna sandwiches, they're sleeping in one bed, uh, as you recounted earlier, or it's because you've got some new gig going, or uh, you got on the Oprah show, uh, it, it's, it's the, that's not it. That's, those are the single little high moments. Anyone's going to be grateful about those. It's the day-to-day gratefulness that we feel towards being blessed to be alive, the people who are dear to us, people who truly love us and we love them back. That's what ultimately brings happiness. And so when you're not happy, that introduces a whole bunch of other headaches because why the heck are you here? What's the point? And then it all begins to implode from there. And I think one of the challenges we face in this country is that, you know, we have access to everything, you think, right? And we have enough money to eat, most of us. Uh, no matter where you are in uh, the social system, you've got a lot more stuff going on than just about anybody else in human history has ever had. But you're always looking out there and seeing what somebody else has and forgetting about the fundamentals of what truly drive happiness. And as you have said yourself, you've traveled all over, you've been in the right circles, and not everyone's happy there. And this is an old saw, but the reality is if you don't focus on those fundamentals, valuing and being grateful for your own body and how cool it is, uh, appreciating the relationships that are dear to you, then you're not going to be happy no matter what. And I, by the way, the people who I admire the most are the folks who look only at those simple things uh, to bring them happiness because you know what? They're always happy <laughs> because if you're looking for those things, you can actually get those things. And that is the human plight. That's actually what makes humanity click. Well, you can't, you win the keys to the new Buick Riviera. Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. Because the answer is, today's uh, uh, Americans don't know who they are. So your answer is right in there. Today, Americans have no clue who they are and what their values are. And that's because we have cultural ADHD. Everybody is so busy, so stinking, wrapped up in going and doing and you've heard the, th- the saying, you're a human being, not a human doing. Yep. Every night I go sit, I mean, you would be astonished to see where I am right now. By the way, Winona lives over the hill behind me and actually lives up the road. We share a valley. I've never owned a diamond ring. I don't give a hoot about cars or designer clothes. I would never buy one of those stupid $1,000 purses. Every night, my husband and I cook supper last night. Um, we grilled out. We sit on the front porch every night, and I've got my hummingbird feeder, my dogs in the glider with me. I live such a stripped-down life, and it's because I have learned through my travels and meeting an encyclopedic range of people that it, what you said is absolutely true. And today, people don't have a clue who they are they're spending too much time in the media. They're hypnotized by advertisers. So you're right. It's not knowing who you are and what makes you uh, feel like all is right with the world. Well, you know, in, in, in the book, you highlight some of the, the key items that I feel are important for us as we try to come to, to grips with the reality that aging is normal and it can be okay. You point out, by the way, that um, you, you want us to be inspired the change, you know, choose having a new growth experience. That's what the acronym stands for in the book. Uh, But you also say that the next big cultural shift will be the redefining of aging. And when we come back from the break, I I wanted to ask you uh, to to be a little clear on what that really means to you. And how how is it that you think the nation is going to shift its goals? So we begin to actually reward wisdom 
to, to help us declutter spiritually, to find the purpose and meaning that we want in life. And, and by doing that, practice the, the, the positivism that, that you've been articulating so beautifully on this program. And I say that in part because there are a lot of folks out there struggling with that very reality. There's lots more when we come back. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Take a pause from your to-do list with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. I'm clear on some of the basic issues, but the one that really gets me is whether or not we can really make this big cultural shift that you're arguing we need to be able to make. What do you think? I think we should because the reason I wrote the book is that there are 78 million of us. We're the largest demographic in the history of humankind. And I don't understand why we don't acknowledge and then utilize our personal power, our economic clout, boomers, and it's obviously because of the Second World War. The soldiers came home. Everybody got busy in the bedroom. And we started having um, these big families so that now, I mean, I'm 61. How old are you? 46. Well, you're still a boomer. I mean, Winona is 43 next week. She's a baby boomer also. This, this age range right now is predominant in our culture. We have the wisdom, meaning we have experiences if we choose to. Uh, to use them wisely. We've got the deep pockets. We have disposable income. Why aren't we uh, using that? And obviously the shift is we've got to get to the advertisers and the marketers because they're not keeping pace. And you've got poor little Paris Hilton, Britney Spears shaving her head, Lindsay Lohan, uh, Nicole Ritchie, these little girls in rehab. They're miserable people. I mean, they've got pathology going on. Somebody needs to help them, not put them on the cover of magazines and hold them up as some poster child for happiness. They're the exact, um, what's the world, name it? What's the word? Um, they're, they're the antithesis. Exactly. 
Well, let me ask you though, because in, in the book, you talk about some of the things that we can do actively in our lives today. So I think we all gr- grasp the fact that there's a culture war going on and we're going to have to influence that process. At the same time, there are things that we can do just to make ourselves happier. Because I think a lot of the reasons people go for the bait of wanting to look like the magazine cover is because they're not happy with the status quo. And why aren't we happy with the status quo? And you, you, you talk about decluttering ourselves, right? Physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Yep. So how, how do you, I mean, how'd you do that in your life? How, how should we do that? How's the listener out there do that? Well, if you think back to your past and you're still acting out of your beliefs, your beliefs are based on your early memories and experiences. And I was very blessed. I didn't realize at the time. I'm from a pocket of Appalachia, and my grandparents and aunts and uncles lived in the country. They didn't even have running water. I mean, I can make live soap. I can cook on a wood cook stove. I can recognize a poisonous snake and raise a garden. And when I lived with um, my aunts and uncles and Ogden Judd, my granddaddy in the country, our lives were so stripped down for us to sit out on the porch in the evening and listen to the whippoorwills and go pick stuff out of the garden, wash it off with well water and eat it. There was just this stripped down connection with nature, with our capacity to do things ourselves, solitude. They didn't have a TV. There was no television in their house. They didn't even have a radio. If a car came down our road, it was like, but it's hard to mail me to, to create that for a lot of folks, uh, you know, who are still in the workforce, but boomers, they're living in an urban environment. I mean, I, believe me, I grew up in a place, I'm, I grew up in Wilmington, Delaware, which uh, is not as rural as where you grew up, but I, I had grass in my front yard. I, I couldn't see another house when I woke up in the morning. So I, I'd love to be able to live in that environment. I try to create it where I live now, but it's tough. And well, thank you for pointing that out because I kind of was going off on my tangent But what I do now, and you know what? Being on the road 30 or 40 years later after my childhood experience sort of jump-started the process for me because when you live on a bus, I don't know if if you've ever, have you ever been on a big tour bus? (laughs) Not like you've been. (laughs) I mean, you've got bunks, you've got a little tiny bathroom, you've got your microwave, your coffee maker. It's like a little womb. So you wake up on the sidewalk or in the parking lot the next morning and you're in New York City or you're in um, Rooster Poot, Texas. Or brain dead North Dakota. So, and then you <laughs> I, go I haven't the been there. Yeah, I've been there, done that. You go to the hotel room and you got a bed and a toilet and a TV set and somebody brings you food on a tray. What a deal. So I started learning again that it's kind of like what David said when, the, when they, I mean, Michelangelo, when they asked him about David, his magnificent sculpture. He said, How did you create this masterpiece? He said, I got rid of everything that wasn't David. And I've had the privilege of being able to buy land in the wilderness now. And I choose, that's the word, I choose every day. I just got back from New York City, and I have to live in a motel room in downtown Manhattan. But come stay with us. I could. And then I also still travel a lot doing speaking engagements. I was Last week I was in uh, Pueblo, Colorado. They have a big problem with domestic violence, so I went out there. So everywhere I go, I choose to spend an hour in solitude in the morning by myself. I take my little dog. I have my little rituals. I don't watch TV. So I really choose um, what I read, what I listen to, and even 
people on around. If I get around energy vampires, people <laughs> who have this dark energy. She, she drains. She drains. Yes. But I, I got to say, Naomi, these are so good. Why do they call the vampire energy va- vampires? Energy vampires, and you guys know who I'm talking about. And I do a whole thing in my book about emotional house cleaning. And I have to kind of fuss at girls. Um, I'm having a party at my house tomorrow night. We're having about 35 people over, and I'm cooking, and um, I got a, a friend bringing horses, and we got fireworks. And one of the things that always happens is the girls all get together, the ladies, um, out under the big tree. We call it the world according to us. Mm-hmm. A circle of girlfriends. And it always comes down to talking about emotional house cleaning because we have the disease to please. We are control freaks. We're perfectionists. We've got to get rid of the energy vampires around us. It's about it's about stripping down. Uh, the older I get, the more I get rid of. Yeah, that makes and I love that quote about David Michelangelo. The idea, except of, for except for underwear, I'm wearing less makeup, more underwear. Well, I noticed you say that by the way. You say focus on the <laughs> you said to focus on the size and condition of your heart, not your bra size or the number of wrinkles in your face. That's a quote from the book, by the way. Well, when you talk about great. numbers, pay attention to your cholesterol, what's your triglycerides, yep. you know, what's your blood pressure. But pay attention to those numbers. And I was Patty LaBelle last week, who has diabetes. She's injecting seven times a day. And we were talking about how critical it is to, and she, I love being around my girlfriends like Dolly Parton and all because we have our own little club. We're so put upon with pressures in the media to look our best and all that. But so we, you know, we're always talking in sort of esoteric little, like who's your favorite makeup artist and, and who do you go to for, I don't do Botox, but, you know, that kind of stuff. So I was talking to Patty about the numbers we should pay attention to are, you know, if you're a guy, what's your PSA? Prostate-specific antigen. Those are the only numbers that matter. You, but you, you, in addition to the actual numbers, which we absolutely should focus on, you, you also touch on some sensitive issues like sex. I mean, most folks think that when you get older, sex is done. And it turns out, actually, that there's a pretty sizable core of folks who are able to be sexually active way into their 80s and longer. So, I mean, how do you get folks to realize that the things they think they're supposed to do when they're old aren't the things they should be doing? You get away from the stinking media. That's why I keep saying you have to be discerning. Um, but Naomi, you know, not watching television or watching television, if you're not watching, maybe you'll, you know, you'll do whoopee more often, but a desire, a craving to have sex is something that folks have to intellectually get comfortable with too, especially for women where foreplay is a 24 hour event. Yep. Um, yeah. I say men are like a microwave and women are like a convection oven. <laughs> <laughs> the deal is being healthy. And if you start, uh, shutting down and spending, and I'm, you know, such an enthusiast of, of solitude, spending some time with yourself in the morning and saying, you know, what worked for me yesterday? What were the moments where I felt like I was in the zone? What were the moments where I was in the flow yesterday? And who am I around that makes me feel like, phew, I like being around this person? Start paying attention to yourself. And then if you start getting healthy, and of course... Uh, I saw you the other day on Oprah's after show where you were talking about people that come in that haven't loosened their belt. 
They come yeah. into the ER with abdominal issues. Right, exactly. <laughs> Tight belt syndrome. Yes. And, that's the, and we call it the Dunlop disease. Dunlop over. So that's the disease. <laughs> that's when you're not paying attention to basic stuff. If you get yourself healthy, and then in the book I talk about bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. Mm-hmm. And I talk about um, getting a, if you decide to do this with your doctor and you don't have health risks like cancer in your family reproductive cancer. If you pay attention to your estradiol level, and there's four four forms of estradiol, which is human, um, the the female hormone, progesterone, female, um, the other part of estrogen. And then you might want to do a little testosterone, which is the male. It's an androgen, but also it's essential for uh, sexual appetite. The doctor that I go to does bioidentical, and I, I allude to this in the book, and you can take a little bit of the testosterone cream so that it's transdermal. Just put it on the inner aspect of your arm once or twice a week. That'll keep everybody happy. Do <laughs> you do that? Oh, yes. Huh. Oh, yeah. All right, so one more time for everybody. You take a bioidentical estrogen. What kind of progesterone do you take? I take, well, let me, let me get back to that because I talk about it in the book. Now, here again, I'm not a doctor. Um, but you're a practicing woman, so it's okay. I don't even play one on TV. I'm just a woman who's 61. I say sexy plus one. I'm a very happy woman. <laughs> you take bioidentical hormone replacement therapy because you're born with all the eggs you're ever going to have. It's a simple math thing. By the time you hit 50, ding, you're out of eggs. If you do ovulate once a month and you start at age 13. Okay, you're out of eggs. I came downstairs about 11 years ago. I told my husband... I'm out of eggs. He said, that's okay. I'll have Cheerios. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> How perceptive of him. <laughs> I'm, I'm going through the chains. That's okay. I've got my poker money upstairs. So you start recognizing, if, you, if you're a candidate, again, if you don't have a family history of uh, breast cancer, ovarian cancer and all that, and you haven't had a hysterectomy, and you want to do something that's exactly um, going to mimic the estrogen that you're, you used to make, and estrogen is only half the equation, I take a little transdermal patch, a little tiny thing about the size of a quarter. It gives me the lowest dose, the lowest possible dose of female bioidentical estrogen. I'm so thrilled that the Women's Health Initiative blew the horn on this awful, awful, awful premarin, which was conjugated, it was so slowly excreted, it did not, it was pregnant, of course, you're below. And then I take every night um, the most bioidentical form of progesterone. Again, you have to have both to balance out. So I take bioidentical hormone uh, progesterone at night. And then once a week, a little bit of the um, um, bioidentical testosterone on the skin. So the only thing you take by mouth is the progesterone. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Naomi Judd, as always, uh, a, a wordmeister, uh, a rich person in many ways, spiritually, emotionally, verbally, uh, despite your emotional incontinence. I love you. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, you've got a standing invitation in New York. Come stay with us. Um, but I do encourage you to take a look at Naomi's Guide to Aging Gratefully.
of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat and OEA which curbs your appetite with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain MD can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30% on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain MD these statements have not been evaluated by the food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.